0: Speak Seductively.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Cannon, erotic fiction author, naturist, and swinger.
0: And I'm Lily Cannon, book cover model, audiobook narrator, naturist, and swinger. And you're listening to the Speak Seductively podcast.
1: I have an erotic fiction series called The Photographer's Story and over 15 erotic novellas on Amazon. Two themes in my work are the promotion of a sex-positive lifestyle and the development of strong, sexually confident female characters. My writing has been described as slow foreplay, building until the reader is breathless with need. You can find my novels and short stories on Amazon. They're all free with Kindle Unlimited.
0: We want to welcome you to another exciting and informative edition of Speak Seductively. We use this platform to promote other authors, talk about sex, and relationships. Please be aware, we will be discussing adult topics, from sex to the swinging lifestyle and more. Our approach is always classy, but be ready for frank conversations. Our guests are frequently erotic authors or those in the lifestyle. Hi, this is Lily Cannon, and I want to tell you about a series of delightfully naughty and fun stories I just finished narrating. For the last several months, it has been my privilege to read several stories for a fantastic author named Lacey Cross. Her work can be found on Amazon, so be sure to follow the link in the podcast description. I recently finished reading another story in this popular series called Nurse for the Night that should be available on Audible soon. Now that the series is finished, Lacey is putting them together as a box set called When Couples Play, a Fantasy Fulfillment Series. Look for it to come out soon on Audible and Kindle.
1: Hey, everyone, this is Kyle Cannon. And
0: Lily Cannon.
1: And welcome to another episode of Speak Seductively. We have a uh, special guest on tonight, you know, uh, For those of you who have been listening to our program for a long time, you know, we have a special love affair with uh, Rick Savage and BVS Books um, publications. So um, we've interviewed a lot of uh, the authors who work for BVS and they have been amazing people. And
0: what is BVS? This is the first time somebody's been listening to our podcast. And
1: if it's the first time, shame on them. Go back and listen to the first episode.
0: Right. But BVS is Black Velvet Seductions. And so the author that we are interviewing today is Deborah Deborah Kelsey Lazaroff. I almost got it wrong. Um, And Deborah writes for Black Velvet Seductions. And I'm going to turn it over to her right now. And please, Deborah, tell our listeners about yourself.
2: Okay, well briefly, I was born in Berkeley, California and raised in Orinda, California, Colombo Salon and New Delhi, India. Oh, wow. And that, those, that so by the time I was 10, I had traveled all over Asia and Europe. So I have had that's quite a background and I've been to most of the major museums in Europe and remember most of them pretty well. And uh, I went to college at Cal State Northridge where I studied uh, film. Hmm. And that led to the publication of my first book about uh, film director, Robert C. Adnack through McFarland and Company and uh, a scholarly book publisher in Massachusetts. And their, their catalog goes out to hundreds of Private and, and public libraries all over the US and Canada. Oh, wow. And so that book was called Robert Siadmak, a, a biography with analyses of his film noirs and a filmography of all his works. That's a long title, I know, yeah. <laughs> but that's the way it is with scholarly works sometimes. And yes. it got fairly good reviews, sold fairly well. Eddie Muller of TCM's. Uh, Now, Noir Ali knows who I am, so he's probably read it, so that's always nice to know, and I've been writing professionally for more than 30 years now, primarily in public relations, marketing, and advertising, Mm. and now I'm a freelance writer uh, working at home. I'm disabled, and I have a son who's an adult. A, I have an adult son who's 28 years old and living in Washington, DC. And I live currently in Southern California. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, where well, the weather is almost always good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so what about
0: your new works? What are what have you been working on recently? Can you tell us about Creatures of the
2: Night and Uniform Desire? Yeah, Creatures of the Night, Uniform Desire. I have two short stories in there under. Deborah Kelsey one is called one evening in Nuremberg and it's a gay story and then I have um, one that's rather transgressive about a woman who meets a man in Nazi uniform in a hotel room and that's uh, called room 605 that's in uniform desire as well and that's Mm. been rather controversial for me Oh, a particular story Why? why is that because it involves a jewish woman in involved with a man in a nazi uniform oh so that's why it's become rather controversial that's Now, i've also written a book about uh, uh called these eyes so green about uh, a woman who becomes involved with a nazi officer Woman in the uh, in the French Resistance who becomes involved with a Nazi officer and falls in love with him. And that's also rather transgressive, and that's very bi-positive. The male character, male protagonist, is is clearly bi. And um, there are many different scenes in the film than the excuse me in the book of. Gay sex as well as straight sex, so
0: hmm.
2: yeah, so that's uh, that I consider to be a rather controversial work as well. Then we have Creatures of the Night, which is my first vampire novel, and that's about a vampire that's about a woman who becomes involved with a vampire, a woman who writes about them, and then suddenly happens to meet one in person. And shortly thereafter, the two fall in love, but they have problems because her ex is involved and his ex is involved, trying to part them and they run through a gauntlet of trouble and turmoil until they find happiness at the end.
0: Mm. um going back to the the german and and French and um, it, it do you have something that draws you to? that particular time period or is there something about because you wrote a short story and you have um the these eyes so green is there something about the the history or something that draws you to that particular um
2: well story? i'm jewish myself and i'm drawn to it through question questioning mostly it's almost like a stockholm syndrome too mm-hmm. in terms of the uni- the attraction to the uniforms and that of course is very controversial and very transgressive.
1: Do you do
2: you find
1: most of the controversy about this is coming from people who don't understand your own background that, that you're you're Jewish and you're kind of exploring this?
2: Oh yeah. They don't know they don't understand because they don't know it really. I mean I, with these eyes so green was written under Deborah Kelsey so nobody knows that it doesn't have my last name, Roseroff, sure. which is the Jewish last name. Mm. I uh,
1: it's it's interesting. I um, was reading something on social media, and forgive me, I forget whether it was Facebook or Twitter, where a group of authors were very derogatory about um, uh, a Nazi erotica that somebody had posted. Not not one of yours, but. Um, I didn't read very far into it, but um, I, you know, looking at, at your book, These Eyes So Green, I was wondering if you you received a lot of criticism for that.
2: The Most of the criticism I've received was before that short story in uh, room 605 in uh, Uniform Desire, and that came through Twitter. That yeah. was, there was a lot of upheaval over that. And so I stopped promoting Uniform Desire using that short story. I use uh, a, an excerpt from One Evening in Nuremberg instead. How would you, and,
1: as an author, I mean, I, I, I write a lot myself. And I, I would say, I, I, my question is, how as an author would you um, explain to a, a And somebody who's upset about the topic why you wrote about it and I I will couch my my question with my own answer would be if you don't like it then don't read it but
2: yeah that's primarily how my response has been because there really isn't a way to explain it to people when they're very angry so the best thing to do is just say don't don't read it then or and it's already published and out there, but don't read it if you're not in, if, if it bothers you.
1: Yeah, or try to understand where it's coming from. I mean, it, it. There there is a lot of stuff out there that I wouldn't say try to understand where this is coming from, but I think you have a unique background um, in, in history to get in, to, to delve into that topic.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Hi, I'm Lily Cannon, and I'm so excited to announce a new book by my husband Kyle and our friend Wayne Klingman called Mob Bosses Harem. Kyle has been writing fun, realistic, erotic stories for the last five years. He's also published several articles that have appeared in ASN Lifestyle magazine. Wayne is an expert on organized crime. He's written several books on the subject and even tried his hand at an erotic crime thriller based in the 1920s titled Alias Mr. Big. Kyle and I really enjoyed his noir approach to the story. What do you get when you put these two minds together? How about an erotic crime drama? Here's a little bit about the story. When Luther was honorably discharged from Army Special Forces, he followed in his father's footsteps as a DEA agent. He quickly developed a reputation as a hard but impeccably honest man. His honesty would ultimately lead to his downfall. While running an investigation into the darkest corners of the porn industry, He witnessed a senator watching a snuff film while it was being shot. Not only could he not save the poor woman who lost her life in this perverse act, but he was also quickly silenced from trying to report the crime. Confronted with a myriad of troubles, namely his joblessness, mob affiliation suspicions, and finally his father's mysterious death, Luther spent the next year drifting aimlessly. Finally, when two ex-army buddies, Jane and Anne, invite him to stay with them at a nudist resort in Orlando, Luther decides it is time to sort out his life and his father's estate in Miami. Unfortunately, nothing will be that simple. He has no idea he will soon become involved in a mix of murder, sex workers, and pornography. Luther will find his life once again turned upside down. Only this time, he swears to land on his feet. No matter what, and no matter which side of the law he lands on. Be sure to pre-order Mob Boss's Harem now on Amazon. Release date, February 28th, 2022.
1: Hey everyone, it's Kyle and Lily with an important message to all of our listeners.
0: If you've been listening to us for a long time, or reading Kyle's books, we hope you have heard the message we stress— It's the importance of communication and a sex-positive lifestyle. One of the key components of that lifestyle is consent. Remember, no means no. Kyle and I are thrilled to have our podcast picked up by Full Swap Radio, your one-stop internet radio station for all things dealing with adult alternative lifestyles and sex-positive shows. They have programs for education and entertainment on such topics as erotica, swingers, polyamory, and they are all inclusive. So, do you have a particular? Um, what's the? Um, what is the? Draw for you for the the vampire books? Then.
2: Well, all my so far, all my books have been influenced by films. Mm. The, the first one, obviously, Robert Siodmak. I was drawn to, to his films noirs. And then um, these eyes so green started out as as uh, inglorious bastards fan fiction. Oh, okay. And I changed the names. It was actually Hans Landa, and I changed the name to Hans Faber. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, so that was uh, came from a film, and then the. Uh, Features of the Night was influenced by the most recent Netflix uh, BBC Dracula drama with Clay Spang, the Danish actor playing Count Dracula. Okay. He had a huge impact on me, and uh, I've actually been in contact with him through Instagram, which is nice.
0: Oh, neat. <laughs> and did yeah. you tell him about the book?
2: Yeah, I've told him about the book. He hasn't responded about
0: it yet. Oh. So
2: I'm going to have to probably try to bring it up again because I'd like to send him a copy. Yeah. Of the ebook and, and let him read it and see what he thinks. Yeah, we'd
0: love to hear about that.
2: Yeah. Are you, are you planning a sequel for that? I'm planning a, a series actually of okay. three books. The second book I'm working on right now is called Angel's Flight. It's about a vampire who becomes involved with an angel. Oh, So we've okay. got some, some interesting things going on there. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, That I was thinking that goes way beyond Romeo and Juliet kind of romance.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Montagues
1: and the Capulets, you know, they, they hated each other. Do angels <laughs> and
0: vampires hate each other?
1: I think so, vampires are bad. Is that a well-known um, thing? Yes. <laughs> Well, let's ask our Deborah. Vampires and angels typically don't get along.
2: Well, I don't. I think basically they're pretty far apart and don't have much contact with each other. In this case, the angel was spying on the vampire for a long time. Took a tumble and broke a wing on her rooftop. Ah. That's how they became acquainted. (laughs) Well. (laughs) <laughs> we'll
0: have to we'll have to have you back
2: to, to talk
0: about All that right. one too. That
1: that just sounds like an amazing meat.
0: Meat cute.
1: Meat cute in a book. Yeah,
0: it's a good meat
2: cute, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so you have, let's see, Creatures of the Night, Uniform Desire, and These Eyes So Green. If you were to recommend, like, for our listeners, the, the first thing that they should read of yours to kind of get into your writing, what should they start with?
2: Well, I think These Eyes So Green is really beautifully written. I think it's probably a little better than Creatures of the Night, but I, although I really love Creatures of the Night, so, I can't honestly say that it's better. They're just very different books, but I think these eyes so green really puts you in contact with my the the depth of my writing. And then um, of course, Creatures of the Night has a, such a great storyline between the the woman and the vampire.
1: So how does that develop? i'm I'm without giving away too much of the book um how how does that story develop
2: well she takes him home that first night because she's so intrigued she always believed that vampires probably existed but she never knew for sure and then she takes him home that first night and they're almost irresistibly drawn to each other Hmm.
1: that sounds that that sounds like something that's going to appeal to a a lot of people um and you just that you just published that in february of this year
2: yes on valentine's day as a matter of fact (laughs) Oh, okay. romance on an erotic romance published on valentine's day
1: (laughs) okay so i we we ask a lot of our erotic authors this or romance authors this where do you you know where do you get your inspiration or have you ever lived out what's written in your books and not, not that you've probably met many vampires, but
0: I mean, if you have, right. that'd be really cool. If you I mean, have, tell us. We'd like to hear about it.
2: Well, as I've, I wish I had met a real vampire that like the vampire in my book. I sometimes fantasize about him coming to me at night. So there you go. <laughs> but, uh, no, I haven't had any contact with any real vampires and the inspiration as I said, uh, came from uh, the Clay Spang role of Dracula in the BBC Netflix Mm -hmm. series Dracula. Mm -hmm.
1: Do do your friends and family know that you write erotica?
2: Yes, they do. I don't know how they feel about it. My son, I'm sure, is not that happy about it. (laughs) Oh. That's why most of my work has been under Deborah Kelsey, but these eyes so green, I went Deborah Kelsey Lazaroff. Yeah and he'll just have to get over it well yeah yeah
1: (laughs) it's funny we've talked to I would say two-thirds of the erotic authors we talk to keep everything hidden from friends and family except for maybe a spouse Mm -hmm. and then the others are just like to hell with it you know deal with it or don't
0: yeah yeah people people are gonna think what they they want about it
2: right there people are going to have come to their own conclusions and there's not much you could do about it right you don't have any control over other people so well, I just yeah go, go with the flow and do what i like to do and that's basically it good
0: um you said that um you you had one of the stories come out of fan fiction um do you write a lot of fan fiction on other things
2: no i pretty much started just writing fan fiction for uh inglorious bastards because i really loved that film mm. and the nazi characters in it were pretty strong yeah and uh in fact uh one evening in nuremberg is also *Inglorious bastards fan fiction
1: mm. with the names
2: changed oh, okay and that's in uniform desire okay but i yeah. don't write much fan fiction anymore because i'm doing regular erotic writing for BVS instead.
1: How did you How did you get involved with BVS?
2: Well, I was looking th- through um, the writer's guide for a publisher to send these eyes to green, so green to, and I found BVS and I so- sent it to them and they me- immediately accepted it with just a few minor changes at the beginning of the book and that was great really didn't have many changes at all and I was really pleased with that
0: oh that's excellent we we love BVS we really love Rick Savage he's yeah he's now one of our
2: dear friends (laughs) he's wonderful I love Rick he's terrific and he's been very terrific to me and very kind to me he knows I've been homeless I've been homeless three times Mm. in my adult life and uh he knows that I've been gone through a lot of struggle, lost all my belongings, mm. lost all my books, 40 years worth of film books. But the worst was losing the videotapes of my son, oh. a baby and a toddler. That was the worst, the worst loss that came out of being homeless.
1: Mm.
2: So, hard he, to hear that. so Rick admires the fact that I've managed to overcome all these adversities and come out on top.
1: Yeah. And I was, I was not knowing that that's, that's amazing. Um, I was skimming through uh, the first part of Creatures of the Night. And I mean, your, your writing style is engaging. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. You're welcome. Um, Is there,
0: where can our listeners find you? So do you have social media sites? Where can
2: they follow you? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter under, I'm on Twitter under Deborah KLA Writer, Deb KLA Writer. Okay. And I'm on uh, Facebook as Deborah Kelsey Lazaroff Alpi. And I'm also, I also have an author profile on Amazon. I think it's under Deborah Lazaroff Alpi.
1: Yep. Uh, We actually have that up right now. So I will include those in the the podcast description when we air this episode. So um, hopefully you get a lot of people following you.
0: Yeah, of course. For all of our listeners, every, all the links are in the descriptions and everything. So um, Deborah, is there any last words that you would like to share with our listeners before
2: we wrap it up? Well, I really just like to thank the two of you for this opportunity, which I greatly appreciate.
0: Yeah. Our big thing is to promote and get the word out to independent authors. So we really started this podcast so we could get that word out, get the word for sex Mm -hmm. positivity. And um, we're very much proponents of the independent author. So we were excited and happy to have
2: you. Well, thank you so much again for the opportunity. I'm greatly appreciative to, to you both. Yes.
0: So, everybody out there, it's Deborah Kelsey Lazaroff, and we will put any of the links and everything in the description, of course. And so, please go check out her books and pick those up. And, Deborah, thank you so much for
2: hanging out with us. Thank you again.
0: Speak seductively.